Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny hosts the Blatant Homers and Podcast, part of Sooner Sports Radio on the VSporto Network. Uh, it's Sunday, but we're bringing you a special edition of the podcast following the uh, announcement of... Uh, the uh, college football bowl pairings for this season and, you know, the uh, college football playoff standings and whatnot. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Dave Bartu, our good friend from CFBMatrix.com, in my opinion, has done a really good job kind of hacking the uh, the playoff committee's, uh, I, I won't want to call it formula, but maybe the guidelines for how they kind of rank these teams. So I'm really excited to get him on because uh, he's going to help us kind of uh, break down what we saw this year and if it means anything or what it means, uh, you know, going forward for the Big 12, but, you know, the rest of the country too, really. So let's go ahead and welcome him on. Dave, how you doing, man? Dude, I am hanging in there. You know, I'm just sitting here consoling Desmond Howard on Michigan not getting in, but unlike the rest of the real world, he didn't realize they were out the minute Ohio State scored their last touchdown this year. Yeah, no, I thought that was that that was hysterical. Looking at his uh, final rankings, there, oh, he he thought Michigan was was you know absolutely a lock. So that was that was funny, man. But uh, hey, uh, so I guess my first question, looking at all this stuff, though, is I mean, it, did this model out basically according to uh, you know kind of according to the formula that you've put together for uh, you know kind of predicting how the uh, selection committee will end up uh, evaluating these teams? Yeah, I hate to say it. Unfortunately, I mean, it was dead on. Yeah. I thought I really the, the scenario that we had, you know, because and, and I was rooting for exactly what happened: Penn State winning, Clemson winning, Washington, so forth. Okay, I wanted that because it was the only scenario where we knew Penn State had beaten Ohio State head to head, and mm-hmm. so this would tell me how strong that conference title win is. Okay, how big of a golden ticket uh, it is. And I lean towards the side of it's going to be a really big golden ticket to get in. Um, And it turns out that really the committee ranked it exactly as our formula had predicted it would rank it. Now, give you a little background on the formula. I mean, you've been following me a long time. I mean, it it is the most accurate advanced ranking prediction formula for the playoff committee. And a lot of people probably don't want to hear this, but I don't believe there's an eye test, number one. And number two, we only use six variables. Strength of schedule, quality wins, top 25 wins, margin of victory. Yes, we use that, folks. Margin of victory. We use margin of defeat. Um, And, yeah, the conference title uh, is in there as well, uh, but that's only right at the end. And so – you know, when we were looking at the numbers uh, coming into this week, now I tweeted out that I, I believe Penn State was going to, you know, leapfrog Ohio State and get in because of that conference title in the head-to-head. Uh, I was 100% confident Clemson was going to have a better resume, which they did. They mm-hmm. went to number two. 
Uh, and we felt Washington would be three with their conference title win as well. At least I did. Adam was telling me, dude, no, it just, it's not going to happen that way. It's not that, that, that strong. So, you know, when we go right down through it, uh, you look at Alabama. Uh, they had a top ten strength of schedule. They had eight quality wins. And what the committee has defined as a quality win at the end of the season is beating a team that finishes seven and five or better. Now, folks, you want to keep this in mind because I'm going to show you how this relates to the Big 12 and how the Big 12 is killing itself with the round robin. So Bama has eight quality wins. They got the top 25 wins. You know, their margin of victory is huge. They didn't lose. Bang, they're in. Okay. Now, Clemson, because of the way their schedule set up for them, they had more quality wins than Ohio State. Their strength of schedule was also very high. Um, and they had their top 25 wins when you go through it. And when I'm looking at the numbers right here, Clemson strength of schedule 12, quality wins 6, top 25 wins 3, and an ACC title. Now you compare that to Ohio State, quality wins for Ohio State, 5. Top 25 wins, they have 4 of them, so a little bit better in Clemson, but the strength of schedule for Ohio State was 7. So there's not a lot of hair splitting there. I think what happened is that last quality win and that ACC title bumped them up above Ohio State. With Washington, they modeled at number four. Biggest reason, strength of schedule, mm -hmm. number 77. Now, here's where it's, it's, I think it's really interesting because, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the questions that was kind of answered is, does having a top 25 victory in the out-of-conference schedule help? Yes, it does. Because when we take that win over <clears throat> Oklahoma uh, <laughs> out of the equation, Ohio State's out. They're out. That was that was the difference. So if you're going to go 11 and one and not make your conference title game, which is pretty hard to try to you know guess that that's going to happen. Yeah, it makes a difference. But you turn around, and you look at Washington, which has a, you know I mean Baylor almost is embarrassed by Washington's out of conference schedule. <laughs> Uh, still, they're at 77, and bang, 12-1 and one gets you in. So I think we're, we're starting to learn a few more lessons here, and really what it says is, is it really just comes down to some of these things I'm talking about. Washington, five quality wins, just like Ohio State, four top 25 wins, just like Ohio State. I think the biggest thing here is uh, possibly, you know, Washington just got put in that number four spot because of the strength of schedule, but you know something you and I both know behind the scenes and nobody would ever admit it, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they initially came out with Clemson two, Washington three, Ohio state four, and maybe somebody with a big TV producer <laughs> name next to them got that switched around. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, set up, uh, set up a potential Bama Ohio state, uh, you know, uh, final there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Mel Gibson is whispering the conspiracy theory in my ear right now, <laughs> but then you, you go on is Penn state number five, you know, top 25 strength of schedule. They had five quality wins, but they only had two victories over top 25 teams. Michigan, number six, Oklahoma checked right in at seven. You have a strength of schedule of 48, which is, you know, which is the only second worst to only Washington, who only had one loss. You only have three quality wins because of the Big 12 and the way it's set up. And you only have two top 25 wins as well. And, and obviously the Big, Big 12 champs, uh, but there is no championship game to, to push those numbers up a little bit farther. Uh, 
Wisconsin checked in at eight. The only anomaly we had is, is Colorado at nine. Um, and again, you know, maybe a little bit of TV re-rank there. What's sexier? Penn State and USC or Penn State and Colorado? Yeah. <laughs> Rhetorical yeah. question, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Dave, let me ask you, though. One thing that, that I don't think a lot of people are clear on, because, you know, the committee doesn't really uh, – there's not transparency when it comes to some of the metrics that it uses. If it uses mm-hmm. it, I, don't, I have no idea, honestly. They, they say different things about it. They talked about the – when you say strength of schedule – uh, it's a pretty kind of crude measure from what I can tell just based on the numbers that you shared, uh, not only with me, but publicly. Oh, crude is a nice word, dude. <laughs> and I know this is, this is, this is a family friendly podcast, so I won't go off on it, but realistically, I don't think there's any strength of schedule model out there that defines how good a team is or is not. It's just more of an award for playing a tougher schedule, at least a perceived tougher one, but shoot, Look at uh, Florida State a couple years ago, 2014. Remember how I said Washington's strength of schedule was 77? Florida State's was 75 using the same formula. Now that formula, and I hope people are sitting down, and you've taken taken your Dramamine, because this might make you Uh. throw up. But if you don't know this one, folks. But predominantly, the number they use is they use the winning percentage of the teams they've played and the winning percentage of their opponent's opponent. Okay? And this is, this is really, really important towards understanding the Big 12. I'm assuming there's a lot of Big 12 fans listening yeah, <laughs> predominantly. Presumably, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, but let me, let me explain how this, specifically how this affects the Sooners, okay? Mm-hmm. When the Sooners played Baylor, now obviously you get Baylor at 6-6, six and six, that's going to go against the Sooners' strength of schedule. But everybody that Baylor played, also that winning percentage goes against the Sooners, except the FCS teams. You know, Baylor plays, uh, you know, the, the upstairs, you know, Bahama School of Dentistry that goes 1-11. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's the thing, though, is, and, and this, is, this is the unwritten penalty of scheduling an FCS team. And I think the, the committee, or at least the people who gamed this, who created the playoffs, including the committee, I think they designed this to try to get teams to stop this because let's say Baylor plays that FCS team and that FCS team goes four and eight. Well, in that winning percentage, four wins are thrown out. You get 0 and eight at Baylor, right? But because Baylor played that team, you know who also gets the 0 and eight? Yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, actually, and what the team that Baylor played this year, the FCS team, was Northwestern State, which went one and ten on the year. So the uh, Big Twelve so, got so, a bunch yeah. of ten, got nothing but ten losses there. And because you play a round robin, right? You only have ten teams. Yes, every single purse, every single team in the entire Big Twelve got zero and ten for that game. Everybody. Okay, and so this is how. You know, this is why we, we sit down with one conference in particular with a scheduling logarithm and help them look forward in terms of trying to not overlap one another and schedule things to take advantage of this situation. You know, because now that, and, and Stuart Mandel was the one who explained it all to me, exactly how it worked in the formula that they use. Now, some of the other committee members may have their, uh, their own strength of schedules they use. I heard... Uh, Alvarez talks to some dude at, at Michigan State, but the overwhelming majority gravitates to this winning percentage. Agree or disagree, 
this is what's being used. And I think going forward, this is where and I've, and I've tried. I mean, I've tweeted, I've sent certified letters, I've done everything to try to get a hold of the Big 12 and Bowlesby and say, you got to understand the rules of this game because it's really hurting your conference. The round, and, you know, as much as you guys probably love the round robin, you play everybody, great. You have nine game, conference games, great. But the bottom line is because you have nine conference games, because you have the round robin, because you only have ten teams, your strength of schedule is getting destroyed. Because now think about this. Because of the round robin, everybody's strength of schedule against each other in conference is all the same, right? It's all 500. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's no scheduling luck here. It's all 500. So if all the teams schedule poorly and they're sub-500 uh, in terms of winning percentage against their non-conference teams coming into the conference uh, season, you're never getting above 500. There's no scheduling luck in there involved. That's why the ACC and the SEC have massive scheduling advantages because they have 14 teams each and they only play eight conference games. You know, somebody like Alabama might end up playing, uh, you know, a, a team that, you know, let's just say Vanderbilt that goes seven and five versus a Kentucky that goes three and nine. Mm-hmm. And, and that Kentucky game may not hurt them. So, you know, it is, you know, when the Big 12 was looking at expansion, man, I thought they'd do it because this is the game you got to play. We're stuck with this four-team system for the next nine years. You expand. Within four years, all of those teams have uh, doubled their recruiting rankings, and, and, you know, somebody like Cincinnati goes from the 60s to the 30s, and you drop it to eight conference games like everybody else. You start playing the game how everybody else is playing it, and now you start evening, evening it out. Right now, I think the Big 12 easily is the most disadvantaged conference in trying to get teams into bowls and into the playoffs. So how does that apply, though, to, for example, the Pac-12 or uh, the Big Ten, where they're both playing uh, nine conference uh, games? They're playing nine conference games, but they're not all playing each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so you may, you're not going to maybe get that overlap uh, necessarily that uh, you're going to get uh, in, in the Big 12. See, the, Pac- the Pac-12 only has 12 teams, so you know, they're going to play each other all but two teams. They're going to start balancing everything out. Uh, you know, and so, and I, and I don't think we've seen it this year with the big, uh, the 10 so much, but the other thing it does is by having nine conference games, and I think this is going to hurt the big 10 a little bit going forward is it makes it much harder to get bowl eligible teams. Cause if mm-hmm. you're the SEC, if you're Mississippi state, you schedule, let's say an FCS team and, and three group of five teams, you're four and zero going into the conference. Yeah. All right. You only need two two conference wins to be bowl eligible, three conference wins, and now you are a quality win for a playoff contender. Okay? In the Big 12, in the Pac-12, let's say you start off 3-0. and Now to be bowl eligible, you have to go 3-6 and six in conference. you got to have three conference wins. To be a quality win, now you have four. And in the 12-win season, that one win is a really, really big difference. That's why with the SEC and the ACC, I don't think you're ever, unless they're forced to change, Alan, there's mm-hmm. no reason for them to change. They've both already won national titles on eight conference games, and they're pushing more teams than anybody else into bowls, which is brand recognition, and they're keeping their strength of schedule up. They're keeping their quality wins up. Look who has the most quality wins this year. 
SEC Alabama, ACC Clemson. And there is a reason for it, and to me it's all in scheduling. So I guess, uh, you know, I mean, that's a lot to kind of digest there, but I want to ask a couple other questions, you know, because uh, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of talk about uh, the the importance of what you do in the non-conference. There's also, you know, talk about the importance of having a championship game. I I mean, you know, I look at the numbers here and, uh, you know, People that I've that I've come across are you know saying well well Oklahoma Oklahoma got you know it, it, Oklahoma hurt its case by playing Houston and Ohio State if Oklahoma had scheduled for example like UTEP instead of Houston first uh, you know they'd have one that it, uh, it would have you know they'd probably be in the uh, top four and and I don't think that that's true I mean it, it would be eleven wins on the season but you'd be going up against other teams with eleven wins that have a better, you know, that would only hurt Oklahoma's strength of schedule to start off. Uh, you'd be going up against teams that, uh, you know, have all, I guess, uh, you know, a lot of them have 12 wins instead of 11 because they had the uh, conference championship game, um, you know, 12 or 13 wins, right? Alabama had 13, right? So, I mean, to me, that's that's just going to get Oklahoma maybe a spot or two higher in the final rankings, but not into the top four in a year like in a year like this, based on how it, how it broke down. Possibly, okay. Now, number one, you shouldn't lose to Houston, right? Well, yeah, now, that's now you're the eleven problem. and one. Yeah. Now you're yeah, that, you shouldn't lose to Houston. Now, here's the thing, though: is Houston did help your strength of schedule, and beating them would have given you a quality win. Mm-hmm. But beating anybody that was seven and five or better would have given you a win. So let's say instead you play Louisiana tech. Okay. And they finish eight and four. Now you have a quality win and your strength of schedule is still about the same. And now you're 11 and one. So you go from three quality wins to four quality wins. Okay. That's still not where everybody else is at. Washington has five quality wins. Um, Alabama has eight. Clemson has six. Ohio State has five. You know, now Ohio State, one of them obviously was Oklahoma, so you switch that around and boom, they pick up another one there. That's why that conference game, that championship game, even though a lot of people are going to call it a farce, let's say you ended up playing Oklahoma State again. You went Bedlam back-to-back. Bottom line is, who cares? You know, because what is it going to do? It's going to improve your strength of schedule, number one. Number two, there's another quality win. Number three, you're going to beat a top 25 team again. Bang. All of a sudden, everything that you're dealing with, you start adding things to the resume. So the Big 12 going to a conference championship game is very helpful for the team that wins that because you start, there's more stuff in your stocking. You right. look better for the committee just on paper. So I think that's an important part of it. Uh, but certainly, you know, come on. I mean, when did Oklahoma schedule Houston? They, they, they weren't expecting that to be that kind of game. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, oh, no, no, yeah, no, no, I mean, yeah. Michigan, when they scheduled Colorado, they thought they were scheduling a bag of flour. Oh, yeah. All no, right? Yeah. Well, Washington, yeah. Well, Washington, when they scheduled Rutgers, Rutgers was, you know, winning eight games a year, but they still said, hey, if we can still beat this team, we're better than them, but it's going to help our schedule not be playing one of the worst Power 5 teams in college football. So it goes back to that scheduling lock. You know, but I, I think that's uh, part of it. You have to make your own luck. And so I think Oklahoma really had the right formula in terms of trying to schedule a quality G5 Houston. Uh, you know, if Houston was eight and four and you beat them, you know, now you're like you said, you're 11 and one. You got a quality win. So 
And then if the championship game was this year and you played anybody, you name it, it doesn't matter who it is, you know, whether it's West Virginia or Baylor or, you know, Oklahoma State again, you're going to add another quality win and it completely changes how, in my opinion, Oklahoma is viewed on paper because I don't believe they watch the games. I think this is how you run big businesses with powerful people is formulas like this, predetermined formulas that everybody agrees upon that make things easier. That's why they can turn through this so easy, in my opinion, is because there are pre-agreed things that they roll through quickly to get through all these teams because none of these people have time to watch these games. You and I both know that. Mm -hmm. And those that do watch it, how many of those people in that room really have an eye for football that even knows what they're looking at? I have no idea. I could watch a million games. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And so, yeah, I, but I mean, it, but that's kind of the still the, the, the main takeaway I get is if you if you just look at the total number, uh, you know, I, I know that you've got the six different numbers out there. But if you mm-hmm. even just look at just wins, number number of wins and strength of schedule, you've got a pretty good idea how everything is going to end up shaking out. Exactly. It's still like the BCS in terms of wins and losses, right? Yeah. You know, everybody has one loss in the top four, then it's your two loss teams, then it's your three loss teams, and so forth. And then you start looking at everything else. Like, to me, one of the big killers for Penn State, obviously, was losing to Pitt. They beat Pitt, they're in, okay? Mm-hmm. The other thing is their margin of defeat. We kept, they lost to Michigan by, what, 39? Yeah. And we literally just sat there and re-input the number, 38, 37, 36, 35, 34, you know, and just and just ran it all the way down. When it got to nine point eight six, they were in the playoffs. <laughs> so yeah, so get it with that ten. Yeah, I don't think we. I don't think it works exactly that way. But it just can't be complex because if it is complex, that doesn't make sense. You don't get a room full of twelve people that are always told they're right and get them to agree without pre-existing rules, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, I'm trying to think if there, if I had anything else I wanted to ask you about with all this. I'm sure there'll be other stuff that comes up, but I mean, so I guess then going forward, I mean, part of the thing those, you know, I mean, I read today, you know, Bob Bowlesby is uh, going to go ask, uh, you know, talk to the playoff committee about X, Y, and Z. I mean, stuff questions that I'm pretty sure he's already asked them. But <laughs> looking at it though, I mean, so the Big Twelve, I mean. Is this championship game that they're instituting, even though they're staying at 10 teams, is that championship game going to help them, in your opinion, going forward? I mean, it yes. seems like it's – it will, right? But, I mean, it seems yes, like for – in a lot of ways, it seems like it's kind of just kind of, uh, you know, kind of always, I don't know, just kind of chasing ghosts. But at the same time, I guess in terms of just – trying to come up with a structure that year in and year out will give you the best chance that playoff game or that championship game will help. That's a step. That's a start. Like I said, there's three things that were needed. If you want to be on level playing ground with the other conferences, championship game, 14 teams, eight conference games. That's how you get a level playing field advantage against everybody else. The championship game, you got one out of three. You know, and hey, you know, batting batting three thirty three will make you millions in the big leagues, but doesn't work too well in college football. So I think going forward, my recommendation to the Big Twelve is figure out how to level this playing field, because going forward, even if they make it eight teams, you know, that's uh-huh. not going to be for ten seasons. 
and can you wait that long to try to be competitively level? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, just as a fan, I mean, I was never really gung ho about about expanding. I'm, and even this, I'm not really necessarily there. But I mean, you know, it it is kind of uh, one of those things where it, it's just, uh, I don't know. There's no, there's no really good answer to me for this. So, I don't know. No, there there isn't an easy one, and that's yeah. the problem. There's no easy answer for the Big Twelve. Uh, in this situation, unfortunately, they're stuck with it, and they're just trying to make the most of it, you know, based on the cards they're dealt. So, you know, unfortunately, like I said, I think they're playing from behind the eight ball, and they're trying to make an effort. The championship game is a positive change. I think there's more things they can do, but I still think they're trying to figure out what is the opportunity cost, positive and negative, of making those changes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one last, uh, one last thing. Kirby Hocutt, uh, you know, when they were discussing, I, I think that uh, Reese Davis mentioned something like, uh, you know, well, what was wrong with Oklahoma? And Kirby Hocutt said, you know, uh, well, they don't have a defense or something like that. And to me, that's such a nonsense answer because you, if, if Oklahoma had won the two games that it lost, it wouldn't matter if they were giving up, you know, 40 points a game. I, uh, you know, it, it's it, that, that defense answer to me is just, it's just nonsense, but I wanted to get your take on it. I, I think that's crap. I mean, we don't have a defense, you know, piece in the formula, mm-hmm. and I do think you have to be good at something, okay? To win a national title, you have to be top three in something, offensive efficiency or defensive efficiency. All of our national title winners the last 15 years have been top three in that. You've got to be elite. Oklahoma is number three in total offensive scoring efficiency heading into this weekend. Yeah. So when he says they didn't have a defense – that's fine. They had an offense with everybody healthy that can compete with anybody. So, you know, I think that goes both ways. I 100% agree with you. You guys got totally fluffed on that one. That was a no, that was just a dead-end answer to try to placate people. Yeah, I mean, that's. A, I think it's just It's just he needs to have something uh, that sounds sounds good. But, you know, again, I, I really don't think that they care how these teams are winning. <laughs> no, I don't either. That's why they'll probably never let me on the committee because I would just say, look, here's their strength of schedule. They had this number of quality wins, top 25 wins. They didn't win an outright championship game. They're behind everybody in the formula. That's it. Yeah. Next question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, to me, it's just, it, that part's nonsense. So, all right. Well, hey, right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, hey, Dave, let everybody know where they can find all your uh, all your stuff. Oh, well, you know something? It's uh, I'm on Twitter when I can. You know, and uh, cfbmatrix.com, always available for questions, whether it's on Twitter or email or uh, texting. I try to be very accessible to people because a lot of times I'm not very accessible uh, uh, just because of all the farm work that's going on and the, and the stuff that I'm doing uh, uh, outside of college football. But uh, anybody reaches out to me, you can figure it out. Google Bart, too. You will find me, and I will respond if you have a question or just something you want to chat about. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks as always, man. It's always fun having you on, and uh, you know, one of my favorite, uh, you know, obviously guests for breaking down this stuff for us. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure, and uh, don't be a stranger. Give me a call anytime, buddy. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, folks, that's Dave Bartu, CFPMatrix.com. Easily one of the most informative sites out there if you're a big college football fan. And worth uh, worth following, and I'll try to get Dave on even more in the future to uh, break down some of this stuff. But really appreciate you all checking out the podcast, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, uh, You know, wrapping up the OU season. 
Uh, for the Blatant Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.